Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, baseball family. This week we're going to get into the Rocky City Connect jerseys, Atlanta's problems at the plate, and the Blue Jays' Mount Rushmore right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am Brig, and as per the usual, I got the Brad Master right here with me. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing well. Thank you, Brig. I noticed you're looking svelte in your tank top today. Felt yes, because yes. I'm wearing black. <laughs> it's slimming. It's yes. slimming. <laughs> yes, we have tank talks on the tank talks. They have tank tops so that you can have tank talks on the shop at nineplusus.com. So jump yeah, on there, get yourself fast. a tank top to start a tank talk. That's what I'm saying. Put it on TikTok. Take buy a tank top. Where have a tank talk. Put it on TikTok and buy it on the there shop. You go. <laughs> that was good. I like that. That was really good. Rick. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. All right. There has been a lot uh, going on. We say this every week, but that's because we're in the middle of the season and it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. We have now played 50 games of baseball. And that is a mile marker that I think is worth noting just because mm-hmm. we like milestones. But the first thing we're going to talk about is that there has been a kerfuffle, Brad, between Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. I think that's the most accurate description for it is a kerfuffle. It's a kerfuffle. <laughs> there, there's a lot of hearsay. There's some video evidence, and there's some uh, there's some written evidence, and uh, we all we all have opinions apparently, even if we don't need to, but we do because that's what we do here. So Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson over a little bit of a spat that they had during a fantasy baseball. Sorry, uh, I wrote that wrong. Football. That's, it was a fantasy yeah. football situation mm-hmm. that was forever ago. It's been long dead. It's been at least a year since they had this trade issue or whatever with roster management problem on their fantasy football league. And the text messages have gone back and forth. And there, it's just further evidence of how ridiculous the situation is. But I will tell you that uh, we know that fantasy sports can cause anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the thing, Rick, think about this is that like the, the anxiety that we feel in our league, there's not even any money on the line. Like the winner is going to yeah. get a hat or a shirt or something. Right. Yep. But yep. these guys are playing for money, playing for keeps. And so I, like, I get it. Tommy fam was like, he was messing with my money by doing that. But Jock Peterson brought up a better point and said, I didn't do anything outside of the rules. That's right. how you play fantasy. That's how you play fantasy sports. I'm adding that part yeah. because the fam accused Peterson of stashing players on his IR. Like, absolutely. It's there. Do it. It's like an extra bench spot. If you have a guy who's going to be coming back. That's right. I'm doing it with Jacob DeGrom right now. There you go. Like nothing. Wrong I drafted it. him. He's coming back eventually and you can't have him, Brad. So that's basically well, it. <laughs> I mean, you put, you dropped Chris Bryant. He's currently eligible for the, for the IL. I might pick him up. 
stash him there until he comes back and then call it good. That's a terrible idea, but I understand. Also, are you going to let me pick up that guy on waivers? Come on! Next. I have no control over that, Brig. Oh, it won't let me make another move until that's determined. Okay. <laughs> and I did it before the weird Monday deadline thing, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully it worked. Um, th- let's move on, unless you have something else you want to say about Tommy no. and Jock Peterson. No, go ahead. Okay. The Tigers have called up... His name is Cody Clemens. Let me just get that out of the way. Let me finish my sentence. But the, the reason Cody Clemens is a big deal is because it's another legend player son. This is Roger mm-hmm. Clemens' kid. He is – there's no evidence of him taking steroids. He plays really good baseball, though, which is very exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went there. I'm still hurt, okay? I'm still scarred. Okay. And I know we played on both sides of that situation, but I'm still in pain, okay? So – they called him up. He's a utility infield outfield guy. They're still trying to decide where he's going to play if he plays all day, every day. Um, he's the youngest son of Roger Clemens. It's worth noting. And uh, right now he's going to play in the outfield for Detroit. He's, he plays for the Tigers organization. And um, they, they needed to move Robbie Grossman out of the way because he's got – or Grossman – because he's got a neck injury kind of strain or whatever they're calling it. Um mm-hmm. Cody Clemens is batting 283, 316, 527. Uh, and there are nine doubles in there, six triples. Dude has six triples and eight homers in a 45-game stint in AAA right now. So far this season, before he got called up. So something right. that I've noticed really inter- that's really interesting about AAA, and I don't know if it's everywhere in AAA or if it's specifically in the Pacific Coast League and like with – the Tacoma Rainiers, but I feel like everybody hits in AAA. But then stepping up to the big leagues is a massive, massive step, right? Like you could be, you could be a AAA All Star every single year for three years, and then you get called up to the big leagues, and you cannot wave a stick at what they're throwing. There's a break in literally period. trying. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, he could be, he could be really good. I would be concerned about that. I guess three, six, uh, sorry, I saw 283. That's, uh, is that a 283 average? 283 average right now. Yeah. That I would be concerned about that. Yeah. Batting under 300, uh, in triple a, like I, yep. I want, I want a guy honestly, who's hitting 330, 350 in triple a. I mean, that's preferable. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. But Cause like, got a guy... cause like Taylor Trammell for the Mariners. That dude hits 350 consistently at triple A. Yeah. yeah. But then he comes up to the bigs, and right now he's, I want to say he's batting 250 and like eight at bats. Right. right? Which so means that it's one of them was a bunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you're saying that a 283 in triple A is going to look more like a 220, you know, two, 230 maybe in the bigs, at least for a while. It could, or it could, get, it could first, be worse than that. At first, he could. Yeah. If not sub 200, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I could see that happening. But again, we got to fill a hole. It's kind of the next man up situation. It's a great yeah. opportunity for Cody. We're excited for him. And I hope that he mm-hmm. does continue to mature and grow into this because I always like seeing these old players' sons come around. It's really cool. It's yeah, it's, really cool. it's fun. It's really cool. It's also a little bit depressing. Like yeah. <laughs> the guy we watched growing up, now his son is old enough to play. It's like, how old does that make me? Oh my gosh. Older than Creek Dirt. Let's go. <laughs> Headed that direction. <laughs> The Rockies, uh, I should say, the Nike has released the Rockies City Connect uniforms, 
And uh, did you say we have an overlay for this, Brad? We do have an overlay for it. Uh, let's let's take a look. Here we go. Brick, so first... essentially, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, go ahead and and share your thoughts about these. You want to go ahead and give them, describe them, and then yeah, uh, and then give your thoughts. Yeah, for those of you listening, can't see this on YouTube. What we've got here are is a green color scheme. The pants are green. The jerseys are green all the way up to the collarbone, where they are sporting white-capped mountain peaks. Um, on the right-hand jersey sleeve is a yellow square of some kind with some sort of like it looks like a bus ticket. It's what it looks like. <laughs> it kind of does. It's, it's it's super weird. I don't know what that is. I maybe you can find. I wonder if that's supposed to be a if that's supposed to be like a ski lift pass. Oh, it because they are yellow. It does look like I didn't think about it that way. That's awesome. A ski lift pass. There you go. And then okay. the the color scheme continues out of the back, but it's at a different level. The mountain peaks sort of are jagged. And they're not quite as silhouetted on the back, so they have room for the name, they have room for the number uh, between them, and it's but it's it is d- at a different level up up the back mm-hmm. of the jersey, if that makes any sense. Um, <clears throat> the Nike logo is in purple. They've got the Colorado Rockies logo on the left sleeve, also black and purple. They've got the the hats are white front two panels, green visor, green back four panels. And then on the front, there is an icon logo that is red. Inside of it, there are Purple Mountains Majesty. And then there's a CO up against a blue sky with white CO letters on top of it. And again, it is mm-hmm. ringed in red. That is all relevant details. They are sporting white belts. Do not know what the cleats look like. I imagine they'll be covered by the new generation's affinity for low pants that cover the cleats. And that doesn't make any sense to me, but that's fine. <laughs> a valid point. Okay. There you go, Brad. That's that's my uh, that's my rundown of what they look like for those okay. listening. What Tell are your what thoughts you about the? What, no, I want to know your your thoughts first. What do you think of these uniforms? Uh, first of all, I cannot tell you how I feel about them without saying, I called it! I told you so! <laughs> you <did>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You were spot on. This is what I anticipated. Something similar to this happening. And I'm very, very mm-hmm. uh, giddy. I guess about <laughs> being right. It's very nice. It doesn't happen often. I'm going to celebrate my touchdown. Leave me alone. Okay, here we go. Um, I I actually do. I think oh, I hate them. Okay, I don't love them. Okay, okay, that's fine. Because yeah. I don't either. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't like them either. Because to <laughs> me, so there's there's two things that immediately came to mind with this uniform set and everything is first off was 12U travel ball team. Yep. Right? Or because beer league softball. That was the other one, beer league Ooh. softball. Yeah, yeah, because I think I've played against guys who have that exact same logo on their t-shirt. Like yeah. that exact same design, that sublimation or whatever. And it just like, I think I actually saw somebody the other day with one <laughs> before yeah, this not, came out. It's, it's it not doesn't look, special. It's, it's not a good look. And no, it's not special. And Get away from the green pants. It's the, because the green that's pants not helping it. anything no. at all. Especially no, that, like, it's too much. It's too much green, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. The hat is the logo's kind of convoluted for me. It's too much. It's yeah, way it's, too it's, busy. Yeah. Yes, it is. And I, I, 
think they could have done better. I don't know if um, it would have been better if it was purple instead of green, but. So I, think... I hate that they kept any purple at all. I'm like, why? What? So you have an opportunity to make a departure from purple, which you, you clearly enjoy. Right. Right. That's clearly an emphasis that you're, that you're, you, you know, taking advantage of, but yet you still make it. And, and the purple doesn't even match. And you called it on the hat too, because they do look like green Cubs hats. That's what you said they would look like as Cubs hats yeah. if they weren't careful. And that's exactly what they look like. Yeah. Except right. for the weird purple in the mountainscape on the hat logo, which does not match the purple tones in the stitching on the jersey. The jersey has a darker purple, and the mountains in the hat are lighter purple, and it's just all over the place. Ugh. And if you're gonna do a, if you're gonna do a mountain on the hat, you should do um you should do green. Like the rest of the jersey, yes, and the rest yeah. of the hat. It was like they were designed by two different teams, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or there was an executive that went through and went, uh, purple, purple, purple. Okay, go. <laughs> like, yeah, I have I don't know. final say. We have to have purple. I just got a phone call. It's out of my hands. Do it here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All I know is I don't like the way they look at all. Um, no. No, it's it's a it's a big fat swing and a miss, big fat F. Um, we did get a leak, a potential leak. I don't want to show anything just because I don't know that it is, but we got we got to see a potential leak of the Angels, which are coming out next of their City Connect. And I will yeah. say this about the leak, I like what I saw. Me too. And we when when we know what they actually are. So if they come out with something different, which I'm not gonna, I doubt they will. We will talk yeah. about it, but even if they do, we will discuss the leak and whatever is announced officially. Yeah, when the Angels yep. come out with it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Jesus Sanchez for Miami has hit the uh, longest home run in Major League Baseball records since 2019. It is 406 feet total. Nowhere else. Coors Field. <laughs> yeah the the uh it was funny um the notification i got on my phone about it said that he hit it to mont or hit it to wyoming <laughs> <laughs> he may mm -hmm. have <laughs> yes 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 that's very good um so let's go over the home run distance leaders since 2020 i just this i got this from cbs sports i thought it was interesting First of all, the longest ever in StatCast history, which goes back to 2015, is a 2019 home run hit by Nomar Mazzara in Texas. He played for Texas. Officially, I mean, there's some discrepancy on whether it was 400 or 504 feet or 505 feet, but it's still at 504. It's the longest in StatCast history. But here are some of the others just to give you an idea. And this is part of what goes into the discussion about juiced baseballs. So Ronald Acuna Jr. played for the Braves, 495 feet versus the Red Sox, September 2020. Miguel Sano, twins, 495 feet versus the Red Sox, 2021. Tommy Pham for the Padres, 485 feet versus the Rockies, <clears throat> 2021. Um, Yermin Mercedes, Mercedes walks 485 feet versus the Royals, 2021. And Adam Duvall, Braves, 483 versus the D-backs, 2021. So, well, Stanton has one of 504, 504 hit at Coors Field as well. And that yeah, is in but, the StatCast era as well. Yeah, okay. I guess that was 2016, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That, that's what it looks like. 
I think it so, was. I forgot about that one. Yeah, so so we got to include that. Big home runs. Big home runs. And this one is great. 496 is the longest um, since 20, 2019. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Um, I still think that the Marlins are dangerous, man. They're not like their record doesn't show it right now, but I feel like that they're one of those teams that could heat up in in July and be a problem. Yeah, and so. and that's no more true than now because the Dodgers were so bad for so long there for, for the last couple of weeks, and it was so weird that you got to know that can swing the other way for another mm-hmm. team. Yeah, absolutely. I st- I'm still optimistic about the Mariners. Took two out of three from the Astros this weekend. Yeah. Um, it looked really good pitching. Looked really good offense. Like really good offensively, um, except for a couple black holes in the lineup on Sunday. But other than that, like they looked like the team that we were expecting to see this year. Yeah. So they could they could turn around. I feel like the Marlins could turn around because they have a lot of talent on that team. Jazz Chisholm is on the IL right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yep. when he comes back, I mean, he's Jazz. Let's be real. Right. So I'm just glad Ty France is still on the team. Oh, man. Ty France, real quick. I saw a stat. It was over the weekend. It's a little bit of a cherry pick because it's a sample. It's a specific sample size, but it was over the last 162 games as of like Friday. He had more hits than anybody in Major League Baseball. Whoa. During that time period. That's cool. Yeah, I thought so too. And like I said, it's a little bit of a cherry pick because you could be like, and as of right here, yeah, 162 yeah. games. But it's still a big sample size, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is super cool. Jonathan Villar, speaking of injuries, is on the 10-day IL with a facial injury. Brad knows more about this than the rest of us. Brad, why don't you tell us what happened to yeah, so Jonathan Villar? I saw this, and honestly, I thought it was funny because it's like something you would see on TikTok, right? Um, he got snapped in the mouth with an exercise band and needed significant dental work. <laughs> like, what was he doing with the exercise band? Like, I'm curious if he was like doing. Have you seen that video of, uh, that was done by the Oregon strength conditioning coach, the University of Oregon strength and conditioning coach, several years ago, where he talks about how he climbed. He's he's on top of a mountain in Hawaii, and he's like, he's like, do you have your bands? Are you doing hundred buys and hundred tries? Are you are you fulfilling the quest to fill the sleeves? Yeah. Like I wonder if he was trying to fill the sleeves and doing his hundred buys, and he looked down and it slipped or broke him, whack, right in the yeah. face. Or if he had it like, like strapped onto something or like on a door or something, and then it whack, yeah, or a fence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, but the, the visual broke. Yeah, the visual is hilarious because <laughs> it's too bad. Are... We're sorry for him, but it is freaking funny. <laughs> Because those are some of my favorite videos on TikTok when somebody's <laughs> exercise brand ba- breaks and uh, they get snapped either in the back, the chest, or the face or something. Because I'm like, it's not me, so it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I so hope good. he comes back and is feeling better, though, and when his 10 days is up. But yeah, until then, we're so. going to laugh. But anyway. Tim Anderson is out with a groin injury, by the by. Um, how do you feel about this? Um, well, the article I read was on this blog called Socks Machine, and I thought that was kind of a funny name. But yeah. uh, the article title said the only White Sox only White Sox player who's been hitting is now out of the lineup. So it's like rut row. The White Sox seem to be in even bigger trouble. And as of tonight, while we're recording, it says there's no official word on the injury, but he is likely headed to the IL for a while. 
Yeah. I'm assuming they're going to put him on the 15 days so they could have him come back in 30 days if that's when his his injury is healed. But like right after the game, Tony LaRusso said he's headed to the IL. That it yeah. was that serious they could tell right away. That's too bad. So, <clears throat> I like Tim Anderson a lot. So me too. I hope he's, I hope he's fine and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it, interestingly enough, he joins Josh Donaldson on the IELTS. <laughs> Josh Donaldson <laughs> has had a brutal last like week and a half. I don't know gets what's suspended, going on gets sick with COVID, and then he's headed to the IL. Man, that dude just can't <coughs> catch a break. It's pretty rough, but some of it is Let's, his own doing. So you know who else is leaving the lineup for Chicago is Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Not on the IL, but he got DFA'd. So there's $18 million this year, plus a $1.5 million buyout. But, bang for your buck, he's got a 7.88 ERA, Brad. <laughs> he does. And something that I, I saw yesterday, actually, I was watching um, the Reds. And who were the Reds playing yesterday? They were playing. Um, well, they're playing anyway. the front office. They're playing against the front office. <laughs> they are playing against the front office consistency, consistently. But they showed some of the unluckiest players. Oh, it was the Giants. The Reds playing the Giants. Showing mm-hmm. some of the unluckiest pitchers in the league so far this year. And Alex Cobb was pitching for the Giants. That's why they're showing that because he's been one of the most unlucky pitchers so far. And number two was Dallas Keuchel. They, basically what it said was his ERA has had about three plus points added to it just because of bad luck. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of teams are going to see that and they're going to want to pick him up. From what I saw, nobody's going to pick him up off waivers because if you pick him up off waivers, you have to pay his salary. Yeah, they're not going to do so that. So going to bring him in. They're probably going to bring him in um, as a free agent somewhere, give him the veterans minimum because he's going to take it because he's getting $18 million plus totally. one and a half from the White Sox this year. So he's going to yep. go somewhere, probably a contender to either – um, fill in the back end of their rotation or more likely come out of the bullpen for somebody. That's what it'll be. It'll be a bullpen situation. Yeah. Guarantee it. Do you have any predictions on which team will pick him up and how soon it will be? If I'm Seattle, I'm calling him tomorrow. Honestly, they need help. Yeah. Seattle needs help in the bullpen big time. Uh, as soon as I saw this, that was my big thing is I was like, the Mariners should pick him up for sure. Yeah. 1000%. But I did. Then my other thought was uh, at least he still has Kelly Nash. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's still winning. So it's okay. He is. <laughs> I was thinking about both New York teams actually, because with Chad Green out in, in the Yankees organization and then Scherzer having problems, DeGrom is still out in across town, then there could be some interest there as well. Yeah, there could be. I think you're right. We'll see. Sure. And we'll uh, in place of Dallas Keuchel, the White Sox recalled infielder Danny Mendick. Speaking of guys who have been DFA'd, by the way, uh, <laughs> the Pirates DFA'd Cole Tucker after making a trade with the Cleveland Guardians for Yu Chang. Now, this is interesting to me. This is really, really interesting to me because they're saying that Cole Tucker hasn't lived up to expectations. He's a first-round pick. He's 25 years old. So they're just kind of like, we're going to get rid of you, and we're going to bring in a guy who hasn't recorded a hit yet this year. Excuse me? Say that again? <laughs> you wanna... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to continue to churn out 4A players for other organizations. Okay. Okay. I cool. guess, yeah. And and that's another thing, too, is that if I'm a team and I need a little bit extra depth in the outfield or on the bench somewhere, I would bring in Cole Tucker. 
Right. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, um, that's weird. Let's go to more rut row real quick. The Atlanta Braves um, are on pace right now to uh, strike out more than anybody else in the history of ever. <laughs> and that's that's bad. That's real bad. We've got uh, the peak offenders right now are Dan Swanson, Adam Duvall, and Travis Demerit. And <clears throat> we, we, they, <laughs> they... <laughs> And all I got all this information from a fan-sided website, Tomahawk Take, which I really liked what I saw from Seth Carter, the writer there. So we want to check it out, check it out. But um, they're striking out themselves. Like, they're getting struck out. They're averaging almost 10 strikeouts a game team-wide. It's 9.89 times per game as of May 28th. They've struck out 465 times uh, so far this season. Now the franchise record was set in 2019, not that long ago, 1,467 strikeouts in that season. The team as a whole franchise wide has only ever reached the 1,400 mark two times. And one of them was in 2019 twice. That's the only time that's happened right now. According to Seth Carter and his math, they are on pace to strike out 1,602 times, Brad. That's too much. Um, and it, and I will say this about those records in 2019 is that everybody obviously was striking out a ton in 2019 because uh, you look at the records and like the Mariners set their record for the most times striking out in 2019. And then you've got the league right. record and all this stuff. So yeah. it's thankfully strikeouts have come down but on the other hand, though, like this is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. And it's definitely affecting the team overall. They're yeah. sitting under 500 right now. They're 23 and 25. Lucky for them, nobody else in the NL East has been playing very well right now besides the Mets. Yep. So they're, like I said, they're sitting in that second spot in the division. But A, they're not going to catch the Mets. And B, at this rate, they're certainly not going to get a wild card berth. They need to figure not. out what's going on with those strikeouts, have a little bit better play discipline or something, command of the strike zone. Yes. I don't know what exactly is going on there, but they need to figure it out or they're going to be out of the playoffs this year. Uh, last fun fact about this, I think the record, the most recent record was was 15, was it 95 or 96 so last 15, year by the Cubs? I have 1596 with the Cubs last year, 1595 yeah. for the Tigers in uh, in 2019. Yeah, so the the major league record is 1596. That's all time strikeouts, mm-hmm. and that was last year with the Cubs. So this is a dubious award. They do not want to. They don't want to win this no. game they're playing. No. Um. Okay. Speaking of the NL East that you mentioned, <clears throat> Jacob Degrom says his shoulder feels completely normal. But the Mets still have not announced a return date. They are kind of refusing to talk about it. It seems like it's not just like we're getting information from him as the player, but the organization itself, they're not they're not having it. They're not even talking about it. So <coughs> I think I mean, I know nobody wants to rush him back. Shoulders a big mm-hmm. deal, but he hasn't pitched a single game. He's doing long toss right now. We know that we've seen that he's throwing, I think, 135 feet or something like that right now just to really see if he can keep that up and, and see how his shoulder performs. But mm-hmm. any any thoughts on this beyond that? I mean, this is just a bullet point news, but 
one thing that the Mets have as a luxury that most other teams don't have in their situation is that they continue to win. Right yeah. now they're sitting 16 games over 500. Um, so like it's kind of like why rush him back when we don't need him? But at the same time, you don't want to get into a skid. No. Right? Is that you don't want the offense to slow down and then be like, oh, shoot, we need pitching. Bring back DeGrom. Bring back Scherzer early so we can pitch, so we can stop the bleeding on the defensive side, you know, yep. and because the and because the offense isn't producing anymore. Like, right now, they're sitting at a plus 62 uh, run differential. They've even won seven of their last ten four in a row. So they're fine right now, but at the same time, I, I would honestly be like, okay, let's get him back at this date so that we can prepare and so that the team can look forward to that. Because I feel like if you have something to look forward to as far as a guy like that coming back, it helps with the morale in the clubhouse. Oh, for sure. Because not only are you winning, but reinforcements are on the way to continue to help you win. That's right. But why would you not tell the fans that? I mean, is it just that early? Is the is the date set that far out? That's got to be it, right? Maybe. I don't know. Um because as a fan, I would want to know, like, if I'm planning on going in July, I would want to know if DeGrom is in play-to-play, right? Yep. At that yes. game. Or if yeah, it's like he's not going to come back to the middle of August, I'd be like, eh, maybe I won't sit down quite so far. Maybe I'll sit up a little bit higher. Right. So. Well, with that baseball family, let's take a minute to let you know that you can support what we're doing here on Patreon. We've got a Patreon account. And uh, we have three tiers, $5, $10, and $15 will get you a different packages and that really helps us uh not only continue what we're doing but also supports us with the goals that we have to provide more content more engagement and all of that moving forward so if you like what you got what we've got going on here and if you want to support the show in that way that is one way to do it with that we'll take a quick break we're going to come back we're going to talk about fantasy baseball quick update for the week and then we're going to get into the blue jays mount rushmore no matter which ballpark you're at you want to rep your team now you can with Nine Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family, to uh, segment two this week. Uh, I, Brig, I'm struggling. I can see you're <laughs> crying. Okay, so <laughs> if you're a rooter, go watch the bullpen cut because holy moly, we just had like 15 minutes of hysterically laughing uh, because of a story I told Brig. Uh, if you're not, go join the rooters so you can get that bonus content because it ended up being way funnier because me saying it out loud was way funnier than I had ever imagined. But anyway, <laughs> before we get into the Blue Jays and their Mount Rushmore, we're going to give you our weekly fantasy baseball update with the Baseball Together Fantasy Baseball League. Uh, let's start from the top this week, Brig. We're going to go. It's top and it's my team on the top just because it's my team, my app. Uh, so I lost to the Harrisburg Charlies. That's John. Uh, I am the Manitoba Man Clowns. He beat me 422 to 361. My top performer was Matt Olson. Had a pretty good week, 74 points, but he had Francisco Lindor with 76, and then Will Smith with 62. My next high score was Dansby Swanson, and all his aforementioned uh, strikeouts had 58 points for me. So, wow, I'm on a four-game losing streak break. 
Welcome to the party. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Not glad to be here. And then next we have Springfield Nuclear against the Springfield Isotopes, both Simpsons-themed team names with uh, Tori and Zip, respectively. Uh, Tori won that one 335 to 272. Zip ha- had his top performer was Josh Bell with 83 points. And then his next guy in line, are you ready for this, Brig? Next guy in line for Zip was Aaron Judge with mm-hmm. 36 points. That's a rough, that, that is a rough week. That's a rough week. Tori had Paul Goldschmidt with 82 points and then Trey Turner with 58 after that. So wow. he ran away with that one. And then we have Big League Chupacabras. That's Jewel over Denise's Grace Under Fire. Uh, Jewel won that one 485 going away, uh, or won that one going away 485 to 393. Um, Jewel's top for, top performer was Jared Walsh. And then uh, with 70, the Marcus Simeon right behind him was 68. He hit his first home run of the season break last week with a grand slam so that's wow. a big deal if he can get going then jewel will have a lot of success but i don't know It'd if he's going to yeah so uh denise her top performer was anthony rizzo with 69 points nice and then uh seth brown had 56 points after that and then brig you you are on a one game winning streak Boom. right now brigger yep. mortis beat jason not another fantasy team uh 430 to 360 Brig, your top performer was my guy, Ty France, with 86 yep. points. And then followed by Luis Arias with 74 points. Jason's top performer was Pete Alonzo with 73. And then Sean Murphy with 65. Sean Murphy and his butt. But anyway, uh, Brig, let's go ahead and get into the Blue Jays and their Mount Rushmore. Do you want to introduce the team a little bit with some of the history that goes on there? And then I could I would do, love to uh, where the team name came from. Yep. So the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, obviously they play in Toronto, Canada's only team. They've been around 46 seasons, uh, debut season 1977 to the present day. Record over the franchise history is 3,533 games to 3,577 games, putting them just below 500 over time at a 497 win-loss percentage. They have had eight playoff appearances, two pennant wins, two World Series championships, and they were back to back. Nice, very good. Now, where the where the Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays, I'm still having a hard time talking, Brig. After all that, uh, where they got their team name one was uh, this is from TeamNameOrigin.com. It says Toronto was awarded its baseball team in 1977, and most accounts base the Blue Jays nickname as the result of a name the team contest in which 30,000 entries were submitted. A panel of judges picked the team Blue Jays out of the final 10 entries because, in their words, quote, the Blue Jay is a North American bird, bright blue in color, with white undercovering and a bl- and a black neck ring. It is strong, aggressive, and inquisitive. It dares to take on all comers, yet it is down-to-earth, gutsy, and good-looking. Um, I actually heard Ron McGill of Zoo Miami on the Dan Levitard show said that yeah. the Blue Jay is like the thug of the bird world. <laughs> so... There you go. <clears throat> wow. I like that. The thug. Yeah. Yeah, they will they will literally fight anything that comes in. Just like it says wow. it dares take on all comers. So kind of neat. Yeah. Okay. I would think Let's get into the Canada Goose would be uh the thug of the bird world. <laughs> Maybe. I suggest What's... you let that marinate. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> but in that in that same in that same segment though, in the same appearance, he said that birds are the <clears throat> most aggressive animals pound for pound in the world. Whoa. Regardless of the bird. So don't mess with ostriches or emus. Word of advice. Makes really good sense. <laughs> good logic, right? That's high quality advice right there, Mr. Brad. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. All right, Brig. Uh let's get into our Mount Rushmore here for the okay. Blue Jays. Um, I'm gonna let you go first today. What? The one? Yeah, yeah. That's so I'm, nice of you. I'm deferring, so you can I'll let you go first. Who do you wow. have first on your Blue Jays Mount Rushmore? I got a guy who's in the which is kind of rare for Toronto, honestly. Yeah. But I got a guy who's in the Hall of Fame, eight-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young Award winner. So he's a pitcher. Right-handed, <clears throat> born in May or in yeah, born in Denver, Colorado. The same year the Blue Jays became a team. Uh this player has his team or has his number retired by the Blue Jays organization, number 32, Roy Halladay. I have Roy Halladay as well, as you would expect. I would expect. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so one thing. So I initially I wasn't going to select. I wasn't going to pick Halladay um, yeah. because he, his Hall of Fame plaque has a Phillies hat on it. So he yeah, went in, in the Hall of Fame as a Philly. But then I looked at his baseball reference profile. Yeah. And the fact that he spent 12 years in Toronto, I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. That was like legitimately his prime. He still had it with yeah. the Phillies, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But those were his prime years, like leading uh, leading the league with, win, uh, with a 762 win-loss percentage in uh, 2006, um, leading the league in whip in 2008 with 1.053. Um Leading the league with in home runs per nine in 2002 with 0.4 and yeah, amazing a 6.23 strikeout to walk ratio in 2003. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff, that's legit. And that's and it's honestly like too bad that he was in Toronto because I always said that the the best way for the Blue Jays to make the playoffs would have been to switch to the NL East because the AL East is so competitive. So that. Top heavy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, he won the Cy Young Award in 2003 with Toronto. He won a second one in Philadelphia, obviously, in 2010. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I went with all the same reasons. The fact that he spent four years with Philadelphia is wonderful, but he spent 12 years of his 16-year career in Toronto, <clears throat> start to finish. I really, I really like that. All-star, I mean, a ton of times. His career war 64.2. His career ERA is 3.38 overall. Um, he actually recorded a save. Did you know that? <laughs> I, yeah, I see that. When well, he had yeah. 3.43 ERA in, in Toronto. Too, right. So that's nothing it's, to turn your nose up at. No, it's it's awesome. Everybody knows his nickname is Doc, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. And his full name is actually Harry Leroy. Harry Leroy Halliday. Mm -hmm. No, just call him Roy. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Roy Halliday can't tell the story of the Blue Jays organization without talking about Doc. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I said, I was a little skeptical on it at first, but it's because he spent so long with them, most definitely, yeah. for sure. Well, in the in big years too, big winning seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
It's good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with my first guy. I feel like regardless of a guy's career, um, like the numbers that he's put on, he, that he's put up between whenever he was playing and whatever else, right? If yeah. a guy has, um, has an iconic moment, one that you would want to make a statue out of, like for instance, the Seattle Seattle Seahawks fans are trying to get a a statue made of Richard Sherman with the tip that sent them to the to the Super Bowl the first yeah. year they won, the year they won. Yeah. Um, to me, because of that, Richard Sherman belongs on the on the Mount Rushmore, like yeah. automatically. <laughs> and for the same reason, I have to put Joe Carter on the Mount Rushmore. Oh wow, really? Because the 93 game six walk-off homer to win the World Series. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That is it a big is awesome. time moment. Everybody's going to know who he is. And one single moment can get a guy on a Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. And that's the one single moment that will get Joe Carter on the Mount Rushmore for no other reason. Yeah. Right. Because he accomplished the ultimate feat, in my opinion. Yes. That every every kid is in their room in their backyard, bases loaded. Two outs, bottom of the ninth, down yeah. two, whatever you know. Yeah, and and he did it. He lived it. So that's I awesome. Think you you got to put Joe Carter on there. I love that. <clears throat> I hadn't thought about Joe Carter in that, particularly in that way. But I mean, you make a very compelling argument, my friend. Well, I try most of the time to do so. You, I mean, you should. You should. <laughs> How long did he play for Toronto? I mean, I know he played for like twenty years, but. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to find out baseball references running 16 years. Slow. So he played for go. Toronto 91, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, I have seven years. Seven. Yep, I've got seven years from uh again, like 91 to 97. And those are the those are the World Series years as well. And they were his they were his uh his peak years too, because he was an all-star five times during that time. So yeah. MVP voting top three, top five, yeah, a couple mm-hmm. times in there as well. Yeah. Wow, it's great. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think anything trumps a walk off home run to win the World Series because that's the ultimate, that's the mountaintop right there, man. Like maybe well, you make the mountaintop his head. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Mount Rushmore mountaintop. <laughs> Peak Carter. Awesome. <laughs> Carter Peak. That's he call it. <laughs> Carter Peak. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's exquisite <laughs> okay all right all right go ahead uh, with one more and then we'll take a break break who you got all right uh, for the same similar reasons to yours about the the, the iconic moment and I, I know it's been a little bit uh more recent but i want to talk about a guy who was not exclusively with toronto which i mean exclusive players my favorite he spent 10 years with the organization though clearly i mean that was the bulk of his career Six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger. I feel like he's a Hall of Fame candidate in a lot of ways. Um, Joey Bats. I'm talking about Jose Bautista. And you talk about, do you really? Yeah, I do. Yeah, talk about iconic moments, right? Where he's been there and he's slogged through some really rough seasons, but he's also been involved in the uh, turnaround of those of those rough Mm -hmm. seasons. And I think that for those reasons, I mean that that alone. Carried the team, big time leadership guy, um, all star, all star, all star, all star, all with Toronto. 
MVP voting top five, like three, two or three times. Um, Silver Slugger Award, all that. It's great. It's really great. But he's yeah. played for everybody. <laughs> yeah, he. That's the thing. I forgot how many teams he had played for before he got to Toronto. I mean, he was in, he was in Baltimore. Uh, he was with the Royals, the Pirates, and then he ended up in Toronto and stayed there for a while. He's there for ten years, 10, and then ten years, and yeah. then you know we saw him with the Braves, Mets, and Phillies. But, um, but this is this is one thing that's crazy is that there was a lot of people who are like, like I remember at the time when he's hitting a bunch of home runs, that oh. is like test the dude. And I'm sure that he was getting tested because there was a lot of people are like he's he has to be on PEDs, but he never tested positive. Nope. He was there was never any suspicion besides people being suspicious, a, right? Astounded, Which, yeah, you know, <laughs> by how good he but, was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so I think that's a big deal too with the dude to play the way he did. I mean, he led the league in home runs twice, fifty-four and forty-three in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, uh, yeah. respectively. And again, an outstanding, iconic moment where he hit that home run and the bat flip. Like that was that moment for me. I was just like, oh, huge. When you wore that first off and second, it was, right. it was literally to me like a breaking through of the franchise to being yeah. relevant and having the attitude that, that is required to win once again. Yeah, I agree. So, because for a while there, the Toronto Blue Jays organization, at least league wide sort of had that like, Oh, like once Montreal no longer had a ball club. Everybody was like, oh, well, at least they still have the Blue Jays. That was kind of their notoriety, right? It was like one Canada team. But then they won back-to-back World Series, and then they went, you know, and and now they're a contender in the East all the time, and they're a Mm -hmm. huge problem. So, Yeah, and they're going to be for a good while, too, because of the guys they have on that roster. Yeah, they are. And Bautista, I think, is a big part of that. So, Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with you. Um, let's take a quick break when we get back. Brig, you have two left. Is that right? You have two yeah. left. Yeah. I only have one left because we've doubled up on two so far. So we'll take a quick mm. break and we'll get back and we will finish those off. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Nonther Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. We're going to finish up the rest of our Toronto Blue Jays Mount Rushmore. I have two remaining nominations. Brad has one since we've doubled up so many times. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. My the the pick I'm gonna go with is uh seven time all-star, also a pitcher, by the way. Career war 56.4. He's won the ERA title, he's a right-hander. Um, career ERA 3.44. He played with Toronto almost his entire career. Um, it was 16 years. He played one game for the Chicago. Let's see, was it one game, four games, excuse me, four games for the Chicago White Sox before returning uh, after a four-year break to Toronto where he again only played, that wasn't a 19-game season, I guess, but he had a rough rough year that year. Anyway, guy I'm talking about is Dave Steeb. Hmm. Dave Steeb is going on my Toronto Blue Jays 
Mount Rushmore. And it would make sense. He is the leader in the career leader in war for the organiz- for the entire organization. He is the yep. number one guy when it comes to that. So that that absolutely makes sense. And like you said, 16 years in Toronto, that's a big deal. 16 oh, years. Okay. And and almost from their inception, he started playing for them in 1979. So he came two mm-hmm. years later in his year, age 21 year. And then he didn't stop playing for them until no- at the end of 1992. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like you said, he came back in 98, which is crazy that he took that much time off. Like in his, he, he took his, the latter part of his 30s off from baseball. And then at 40, yeah. came back. And I'm curious what it was. Yeah. No, it's, I, I have no idea what it was actually. And it's kind of sad because he missed the uh, playoffs. Um, let's see. His last year was 92 and 93. Actually, he, he was, part of both world series victories i i was gonna well, no say he wasn't so he wasn't on the team with the uh with the 92 world series and then in 90 was he not he was yeah and then 93 he was with the white Sox. that's what i was thinking yep yeah why was he not on the team in 92 i don't know he may <clears throat> he may not have been uh on the postseason roster for whatever reason yeah well it looks so. like he i mean just based on the numbers it looks like he might have got injured because Things start to down to slip away fast. He went 21 games in 92 and then four games in 93 and then those four years off. So yeah. something must have been wrong. But anyway, Dave yeah. Steve, there's my crazy. Guy. That's crazy because I just looked it up to see why he missed those five years. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't say. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. So whatever, it's it's interesting, it's really interesting, but that's that's a solid pick. He was one of the first guys I clicked on because he is the career leader in war for the Blue Jays. Yeah. But he is not on my Mount Rushmore. I have one more guy. If you're ready for him, Brig, uh, I'm not ready because did you know he had a uh, he threw a no no for them as well? Oh, he did. Yep. Look at that. Anyway, anyway, okay. Now I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So, this is a guy who has five All-Stars. He was part of the 93 World Series team. It's four gold gloves. He did play for quite a few teams. He played for played 12 years in Toronto. He also played for the Padres, Mets, uh, played in Cleveland, Cincinnati, played for the Yankees, and also for the Brewers. Just one year for everybody there except for the Padres. They played two mm-hmm. years as all for the Padres. But this is a guy who came up with the Blue Jays um, and was a staple for them, really on the left side of the infield, middle left side of the infield as well. Uh, This is Tony Fernandez. Ooh. So Tony Fernandez is a guy I specifically remember having a baseball card for growing up. And so uh, it was one of those things where it's like I asked my dad, I was like, is he a good player? He's like, yes. Yeah, he's, he's a very good player. Very good. And so he was one who I had like familiarized myself with in the mid to late 90s when he was like, he didn't play in 96. In 95, he was with the Yankees. And I remember seeing him on that team as well during the playoffs. Um, And then also seeing him for the Indians because the Indians were a team that stuck in my mind after 95. And then Mm -hmm. again in Toronto because... uh, I knew about the shortstop position and shortstop second base position specifically in Toronto because of Roberto Alomar. 
So yep. Tony Fernandez is a guy that I I actually remember watching, like seeing yeah. him around watching in the in the mid to late nineties. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like somebody who was with the team for that long for twelve years. He didn't really. He never led the league in anything. Um, like I said, five time All Star, four time Gold Glove. Not super remarkable, but but on the other hand, he played a significant role with the team as as an infielder and then also was part of the world series team and the longevity. And when he passed away, um, a lot of people talked about the role that he played on that team and that he was an important piece to them actually winning the world series. Yeah. So that's why I would go with, with Tony Fernandez. And if you want to talk about war with him, 45.3 career war. And most of that comes with his time with the blue Jays as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, Brig, bring us on home. Okay. I might shock you here, actually. Okay. You shocked me. I, I did not see you go in that direction. <laughs> 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 I'm going to talk about a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. 12-time All-Star, two World Series championships, both of them in Toronto. 10-time Gold Glove, ALCS MVP, all-Star MVP, four Silver Slugger Awards, a career war of 67.0, career batting average 300, and uh, also a middle infielder, second baseman Roberto Alomar. Now, I can hear the issues people are having. He only played five seasons in Toronto. I got it. That's why he's not on mine. That is the reason he wasn't on mine. I got it. I can hear it. I, it makes perfect sense to me. He averaged 90 runs and 41 steals in his five seasons in Toronto. He batted 307 over those five seasons in Toronto. He won five gold gloves in his five seasons in Toronto. Voted, he finished sixth in MVP voting three times while he's with the Blue Jays. And he was part of both back-to-back World Series championships. In the ALCS 1992 he had a slash line of 423, 464, 692. You can't tell me that they make it all the way back to back without Roberto Alomar. I think he's instrumental in their World Series victories. I think that that makes him a suitable addition to the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, I went to him first, honestly. He he was yeah. the first guy I went to because, like I said, name recognition. I another guy I specifically remember watching and specifically yep. remember seeing his baseball card in Toronto. His mm-hmm. uh, baseball reference picture has him in Toronto. But the like I said, my hangup, my only hangup with him was only five years in Toronto. I know, but five but, years without him, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they don't. Right. Maybe those seasons don't don't go the way they went. I, yeah, I, arguable. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo it. Um, I'm not gonna yuck your arm on it because I think it makes perfect sense. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still think it's very nice sense. of you. Actually, this is really nice. <clears throat> um, so I'm looking at his uh, Hall of Fame plaque, and I just want to mm-hmm. see what he put on. He's it looks like oh, he's wearing team? a. It looks like he's wearing a Blue Jays cap. Is he? He's wearing a Blue Jays cap on his Hall of Fame plaque. Nice. He sure is. So when well, he ought to be, because because yeah. I do remember him. I remember him playing in Cleveland, and 
uh, he and Omar Vizquel. That was a, a lightning, absolutely lightning, electric uh, middle infield. But I yeah. think his best years came in uh, in Toronto. Yep, I agree. Yep. Oh, and that's right. I forgot he played in Baltimore as well before he went to Cleveland. Oh man, those years in Baltimore or something else. But anyway, he started baseball family. Diego, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he started in uh, he started in San Diego. But baseball family, let us know what you think about our nominees for the Blue Jays. Mount Rushmore. Was there anybody we left off? Uh, was there anybody who was a stretch? Uh, let us know what you think by jumping in the mailbag on baseballtogether.com and uh, click the link for the mailbag. You can send us an email or message there. And let us know what you think about that, or you can comment on the YouTube videos if you so choose as well. Correct. And like we mentioned before, don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com, where you can get these sweet tank tops that have a conversation about them and put that conversation on TikTok. What did I say earlier? Tank top. Tank, tank talk. Tank talk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long evening. <laughs> Quite. Yes. And also, yes. don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you think about how we're doing on the podcast. Uh, you can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts, the best place to leave a review, but you can leave us a rating, I believe, on most podcast apps. Uh, you can subscribe on those apps as well, and also on the YouTubes. You can subscribe there and make sure you hit the little bell so you get notifications when we drop a new video all the time because we're always dropping the clips from the podcast if you're not able to watch the whole thing in one sitting and baseball family with that we will catch you next week